We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to the Esports Bid Show. I'm your host, Justin Jacobson. This week we'll be discussing the esports business. Just as a disclaimer, nothing here is intended as legal advice. It's all the information for educational purposes only. This week's guest is John Davison. John is the founder and CEO of the Davison Learning Company, the chair of the board of directors for the Esports Trade Association, director of business development esports for the Production Resource Group, among other advisory roles. Prior to this, he was the head of partnership for GameStop. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here today. My pleasure. So to start, tell us a little about your past esports and gaming experience. What was the first game you played and how did you kind of get involved in the esports and gaming world? Yeah, so growing up, I actually uh, didn't even have a TV at home. <laughs> my TV broke when I was four and we did not get it fixed uh, for the remainder of my childhood. So I would go over to my friend's houses and we would compete on Super Nintendo's uh, Street Fighter was always my jam, and that's what I play uh, to this day mostly. Um, we used to we did have a computer though, so we did a little PC gaming. But it was back in like the the Three Vikings days. I don't know if you remember that video game, the Three Vikings, but uh, that was the start of you know really enjoying playing video games. And then as far as my professional business career, I uh, really got my start at GameStop. So uh, I was a producer at The Marketing Arm, which is a big agency here in Dallas. Uh, one of their clients was GameStop. And so they put me on the agency team uh, to lead partnerships. Just three weeks later, GameStop said, why don't we just hire John on full-time on our side, on the brand side? And uh, my, first, my first day as I was uh, being onboarded about you know leading corporate partnerships, they said, John, in addition to partnerships, we want you to figure out esports for us. And that was just quite a launch pad into the space. And it's really um, enabled me to experience it in a unique way and to make a lot of great trusted relationships that have benefited me in my business today. Definitely. So, you know, we're, I know we're all fans of GameStop. I'm definitely traded in more N64 games that I regret <laughs> to this day, but <laughs> I digress. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so tell us a little about the Davison Learning Company. What does it do, and you know why was it formed? Some of the stuff you're working on. Yeah, so uh, I call it DLC, uh, double entendre there uh, with that acronym Davidson Learning Company. Uh, when I was coming up with the name of the company, I really wanted to convey value. You know, um, I've always want, been interested in consulting. 
I've always been interested in diving deep into a brand and helping them do a better job of reaching their target market. Well, once I got into the esports space at GameStop and then at PRG, I really just developed this passion for wanting to help these companies effectively reach the community uh, so that their dollars are beneficial both to the community and the brand. Um, If you know anything about sponsorships, you know that the reason why a company sponsors someone is because they make more money if they do that than if they don't, or if they put their dollars somewhere else. And as I've identified, uh, you know, how business works, how you get to do cool stuff, how you get to do uh, great content, amazing events, things like that, you need money. And that money comes from brands. So if I can help brands effectively uh, develop campaigns and execute them in ways that the, the community will respond to, we're going to have more money flowing into our space. And when you do that right, then there's an ROI, return on investment from those fans supporting the brand that has supported them. So uh, to go back a little bit, um, you know, after my time at GameStop, I joined PRG. I was there leading business development. Um, PRG has unrivaled event technologies. Uh, they've they produce more events than anybody in the world. And uh, so they're doing the Super Bowl halftime show, the Emmys, the Grammys, the Oscars. Uh, they're doing more global music tours than anybody else in the world. Uh, they've also worked with the Fortnite World Cup. Um, the NG was a partner on that as well, but uh, PRG did the, the lighting on the audio there. And they've actually most recently been producing the in-game uh, concerts in Fortnite. So they've got just these tremendous capabilities and I'm excited to bring those capabilities into the space and really just improve, kind of revolutionize the fan experience. Well, uh, when COVID hit, all these events got shut down and you can imagine how hard PRG got hit. So I was kind of sitting around talking to some folks and um, I, I started working with an executive coach and she said, John, I think you're leaving a ton of money on the table if you don't do your own brand. The things that you've been doing for these other companies, for GameStop and PRG, what if you just did this for yourself and you built your own brand? And um, so that was kind of where DLC came from. Um, Originally had the idea that, okay, I want to consult these companies. Uh, I work with brands. I work with agencies. I help advise investment groups to understand how to look at the gaming and esports spaces. And uh, something that emerged from that that I've become so passionate about is my podcast, uh, the DLC Drop podcast, where I interview industry leaders. I tell the stories of their career journeys and then the insights they've learned on those career paths. So it's really just been a joy, a lot of fun to become an entrepreneur and figure it out as I go, but it's going really well. Amazing. So there's definitely a lot to kind of you know decompress from that. So we'll slowly go through some of it. So does the learning company, are they involved in any academia, helping with any course curriculum, or is it more kind of consulting with companies and individuals who are trying to learn about the space? Yeah, great question. And the answer is actually both. So when I came up with the name, uh, to be transparent, you know, I came up with DLC, and then I was trying to find a name <coughs> to fill that acronym. And I was like, well, my last name is Davidson. I'm starting a company. You know, what can that L stand for? And I remember looking back at my time at GameStop and our CMO at the time would always talk about learnings. What are learnings? Learnings are insights based on experiences. And so, oh, guess Davidson Learning Company, I'm providing learnings 
to brands and agencies to better understand how to effectively engage the esports community. And so that was the first step. Well, you know very well as <clears throat> you go down a path, sometimes you'll be surprised where it leads. So as far as the scholastic part of it, um, I ended up writing a curriculum for SMU here in Dallas. Uh, they were producing a esports business certificate. And so I wrote the uh, the course on business development and revenue strategies and had the opportunity to teach that. And that was really exciting. Um, great experience. I love speaking with college classes. I'm on uh, the advisory board with University of North Texas for their sports MBA degree. So I, I engage with those students regularly. Um, but where my passion really, really is that I love doing is developing a campaign strategy for a brand you know, going to somebody and saying, okay, let's understand your brand story. Let's understand your opportunities that you have in this space. Excuse me. And let's understand how your brand can uniquely add value in ways that the community wants. Uh, my, my, My whole vibe is that when a brand can add something to the space that the community cannot get for themselves, that's when your brand isn't embraced. The experiences have to be better with your brand than they were before your brand was part of the esports industry. So what does that mean? You know, what's an example of something? Yeah, a great question. So there's a number of different ways that you can add value. So, um, and there's a number of different, uh, different categories. So you have the in-person experience at a live event. So if fans are going to a live event, how is that better? You know, do they have VIP seating? Do they have to meet an opportunity to meet a pro? Can they interview a player? Something like that. Um, you also have to keep in mind that this group, they want to compete themselves. You know, um, there's a good amount of fans who all they care about is playing games. It doesn't matter how cool the lights are or, you know, who, who they get it interview or whatever. They want to play themselves. So we, I call that the competitive experience. So if you can enhance, give them an opportunity to compete where they wouldn't have that opportunity previously, that can be very strong. Uh, there's also unique experiences. And, um, you know, I, I was involved uh, with complexity while I was at GameStop. I facilitated the naming rights for the GameStop Performance Center, which is their headquarters in Dallas. And what I love so much about that is if you ever go to that headquarters, it is an unbelievable, unique experience. You get to see how pros train. You get to train like a pro. Um, and you give the community what I call Instagrammable moments. And so uh, it's that moment where somebody wants to take a selfie, show their friends uh, who either hype them up or are a little jealous. You're giving them social currency, essentially. And then uh, the brand is able to take advantage of that and create fans. Uh, two other ways is great content. You know, you want to collaborate with somebody who's creating engaging content that the community would not have without those dollars funding it. And then lastly is in-game items. You know, this is probably the most difficult one, but maybe the most valued is if you have unique skins in the game, unique content in the game, and that requires a relationship with the publisher to do that. But I look at those different ways um, to do that. And it's it's case by case, you know, uh, if, if you just looked at, um, I don't know, let's say uh, the beverage industry, you know, Gatorade would have a different play in the esports world than Mountain Dew based on their brand story, based on their positioning. So I love to dig into that 
and find uniquely what just feels right and what do gamers actually want from that brand and making those connections and executing. Right. I always think about like, you know, the Ritos, it's like enter this code for like Call of Duty XP. It's like figure, okay, like Doritos and Call of Duty, there has to be some interaction. And like you said, giving them free in-game skins or, you know, I play 2K a lot. So get free VC if you, you know, sign up for, you know, redeem this code. That's kind of this kind of cross-pollination that you're kind of discussing. Exactly. And, you know, one of my my favorite examples is what Adidas did with uh, FIFA a couple of years back. They had, um, they call them smart insoles. So there's a little chip inside the, the sole of your shoes and your real world action playing, uh, playing physical soccer would earn you, whether it be points or whether it be skins in the game, it would add, it would take physical real world activity and apply it to a benefit in the game. And so that type of thinking is really what the community responds to. Right. Cause it kind of like incentivizes you both ways. Or, you know, I remember early on, this might date me when, you know, you had the free iTunes code under Pepsi's. I bought a lot of Pepsi's to get free music. And it was just one of these things yeah. that like, it was just interesting how that was just a really great, easy way to engage with the fans that want, you know, downloads and iTunes and were kind of hip to what was going on with the iPod back in those days. You're exactly right. And, you know, we talk a lot about the metaverse nowadays and the metaverse is really kind of this mashup of the physical world and the digital world, right? And so when you can combine those things, people's uh, physical experiences with highly desired digital experiences with a video game, um, they're going to eat that up. And, um, and then the other part of it is who is the right partner to execute? Because there's a number, there, there's a lot of teams, there's a lot of influencers, there's a lot of leagues, but having the connection with somebody who can execute at a high level is most important um, because it, a great idea executed poorly turns out to be a bad idea. Right. And I'm sure we can think of some of those, you know, Burger King's campaign recently, a couple of years ago, comes to mind as one of those epic fails that people use as an example of how not to engage with, you know, the community. And, you know, I think it's one of these things, as you mentioned, you need to have all the right ingredients, the right team, the right influencers, the right game, because different games have different demographics and different user bases and different geographic areas that they're more prevalent. And that's where you need experts like yourself and others who understand that, you know, CSGO has a certain marketplace versus Valorant versus Overwatch versus Call of Duty versus Halo versus 2K. Like there's all these different factors that go into it and you need to understand this or else, you know, as you mentioned, you'll be spending this money and usually substantial amounts and you won't get the result at all. And then you really have a problem. You're exactly right. Awesome. So. Now we'll kind of talk a little about the Esports Trade Association. So what is the organization? What's your role with them? What's some of the stuff they're working on? Yeah, so the mission of the Esports Trade Association is to help improve the business practices of the esports industry to enable, the ga enable gamers to enjoy more of what we love. <clears throat> and what that really means, to dig in a little bit deeper, is you have a dynamic in the esports industry that has pros and cons. Uh, the industry is very young in two ways. Hasn't been a, around for a super long time, about 20 years, 
but also much of the industry is run by very young people. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like I said, there's pros and cons of that. The benefits of an industry run by young people is you've got a lot of energy, you've got a lot of innovation, um, you've got an, a, a digitally native industry that's very comfortable with new and innovative uh, technological solutions and, and products. Uh, you also have an understanding of culture and the activity of gaming. Now, the downside of that is there is no replacement for experience. And the way that you gain experience is simply years doing something. There's there's no shortcut. So one of the things that we can lack as an esports industry sometimes are those best practices or that those decades of professional business experience. So on the flip side, uh, you know, in traditional industries, <clears throat> you have a lot of people who have done something for 20, 30 years and they teach the younger people how to do it. Well, in this case, people who've been in business 20, 30 years typically just don't get esports and gaming. It's, it's just such a different beast. The consumer is so much more skeptical. Uh, even just the structure of an esports org uh, can be confusing and is very different than, than traditional sports. So what we do at ESTA, we're, we serve as a bridge between two groups of people who need each other but struggle to communicate. And by bringing together the esports industry alongside complementary experts, who are in the space for the right reasons to serve, to support, to help with growth, not for a gold rush or just to get as much out of it and leave it behind, but are really here for the right reasons. We bring these groups together and it enables knowledge sharing, better practices, um, and innovative ideas as to how to better monetize the space and um, support sustainable growth. So uh, I serve as the chair of the board so I am basically the leader of the association and I'm very fortunate to work with a wonderful board of directors um, and a lot of great people on committees who contribute, who, who make our job easier. Amazing. So how do you kind of join? What are some of the unique benefits of being a member of the association? Absolutely. So if you go to info or I'm sorry, if you email us info at esportsta.org. Um, we can get you set up for membership. You can also go to our website, esportsta.org, um, <clears throat> and you'll be able to see all of the things that we do. You'll be able to uh, see all the benefits for membership. Um, some of those member benefits, uh, number one, are discounts and uh, free attendance to events. So we do a lot of virtual events, and this started through COVID, and it's uh, it, uh, <laughs> unfortunately COVID's been around for a a very long time now. But um, we had a virtual happy hour just last night. What we do there is we'll have a large group of people and we facilitate introductions saying, who are you? What does your business do? And what is the type of person you want to connect with? And that it's unbelievable how simple that is, but how effective it is in just saying, wow, you know, I'm in partnerships. You're a brand looking to get in the space. You know, let's have this connection. Or I do a live event production you're trying to put it on a tournament and we see these business relationships forming in real time. It's really amazing. So uh, <clears throat> making those connections, uh, we have a newsletter that comes out each month that highlights uh, some of our members. It uh, provides awareness on the events that we have coming up. Uh, we have webinars once a month and LinkedIn lives where we are uh, highlighting subject matter experts and providing knowledge uh 
to the audience to help improve those business practices. We also have um, <clears throat> we have data and research. So we have unique research, and we also procure research from all ends of the internet. You know, there's a lot of research out there that is attainable, but people don't realize that it's out there. So it's kind of a one-stop shop. And then um, lastly, in addition to our annual conference that's going to be happening in Chicago, August 22nd, uh, something that we do that's very valuable, we have a buyer's guide. Essentially what that is, it's it's a yellow pages of all of our members. And it's structured in a way that you have all the different categories of business. So if I'm looking to get in touch with an agency, I've got a list of all the agencies. If I need a lawyer, I've got a list of lawyers I can reach out to, production, marketing, coaching, et cetera. So uh, a lot of it has to do with just connecting the right people in the space so that we can learn from each other and do things better together than apart. Amazing. I mean, I definitely think, especially in these you know entertainment driven industries, I'm sure you know a lot of people echo this advice. It's all about having these meaningful connections, networking with the right people, connecting these dots, and you know places where other people that are looking to do the same, you know, it's really a nice, unique atmosphere, and you know, definitely something that's needed in all industries. So it's exciting to see that you guys have created that in you know this one. Yeah. What, one more benefit I'll add to that I, I failed to mention there is we also provide more affordable health insurance uh, than than you would be able to access as an individual without a membership. And um, this is something that you know it took a while for us to be able to bring together, but I, I'm so happy and so proud of it. Essentially, health insurance is all about spreading out the risk, right? So if you have a large group of people, the odds that somebody gets sick, uh, the the percentage of people who are sick or need something is lower in a larger group than a smaller group. And so these insurance companies can spread out the risk uh, across a lot of people. Well, we're, we're able to do that as an association that um, uh, through one of our partners, you can um, access insurance that is going to be a little bit more affordable than you would as an individual. And so for our membership, who a lot of people are entrepreneurs, a lot of people may be, you know, looking for a, a a new job after all this COVID craziness. Um, it's really beneficial, beneficial. And I just love when we can really serve a human need. You know, there's times where it's like, oh, this is a nice cosmetic thing or a nice to have, or I get a discount at an event. And those things are valuable, but it's just really, really cool when you can help people as, as individuals on a human level. Definitely. So yeah, that's another unique thing. So definitely check out the website to learn a little bit more about it. So kind of turning a little to the podcast that you host, the DLC Drop. What do you yeah. enjoy most about podcasting? You know, I think what I enjoy the most about, oh boy, there's a number of things. Uh, I love being able to support somebody to tell their story. Like, when I meet somebody or I've got a good friend who is doing amazing things, I love having a platform that enables me to share what these people are doing with the world. Um, it's been a lot of fun to learn how to be a much better host. Uh, I've, I've recorded about 60 episodes now. Uh, the episodes come out once a week, every single Wednesday. And it's funny looking back to those early episodes and realizing the difference of going from having been a guest on a lot of podcasts to being the host and rather than doing all the talking, learning how to enable your guest to do the talking. So 
I love the art of interviewing, being able to pull insights out of a guest that are going to be valuable to our audience and building a deeper relationship with my guests too. You know, once you've spent an hour talking to somebody, learning all about what they do, you just have a better rapport. Um, and yeah, so I think highlighting people and sharing knowledge is really what gets me excited about podcasting. Absolutely. You know, as someone who's doing his own podcast, I, I definitely see the change in, you know, from the beginning and towards where I am now and kind of some of those things that you mentioned. So, you know, turning towards the academic side, as I know you mentioned you were involved in, you know, the collegiate course at SMU. Are there any academic courses that you think are kind of lacking or don't exist at all that really need to be expanded or just created? Yeah, it's a it's a great question. I, I think the right fit for esports is an add-on to the traditional scholastic learning material. Uh, there are some people who believe that there should be a completely separate esports degree, if you will. Um, there's some people who believe in certifications. I'm a little bit more on the certification side when it simply just supplements the traditional learning. You know, if you're if you're talking about marketing, marketing principles are going to be the same whether it's traditional sports or esports. Uh, production is going to be very similar. Um, you, you might have a, a couple differences, but you know, probably about ninety percent of that live event production is going to be the same. And then you'd want to augment that with specific. Uh, production around gameplay, live streaming, etc. Um, so I'm a big believer in supporting those traditional principles that we are already learning in school on a lot of college campuses, and then just adding the lens of esports. Uh, for example, with with partnerships, um, you have a more skeptical consumer than you do in traditional sports. That's just not as used to. Uh, logo slaps or or a sponsorship from an awareness play. And so helping students understand how to think about that more deeply um, in a way that really benefits the community is important. But, uh, you know, about 90% of that sponsorship, partnership, marketing stuff is consistent with, with traditional learning. Absolutely. I think that's definitely, you know, kind of the big approach is, is you know, having like 10 classes that are esports, esports, esports versus some schools that it's like, okay, you're going to take the traditional, you know, if you're going to have a finance degree, you're going to take the ones that everyone else takes. And then maybe you'll have a few supplemental classes that are really specific on that or, you know, a minor that just focuses on that or a concentration, some of the schools may call it, where, you know, you have yeah. these added value and, because like you said, there are specific nuances, you know, as someone who come from the traditional entertainment world into the esports world and working in both, there are definitely a lot of similarities, especially from the legal side, as I've noticed. But then mm -hmm. there are specific things that only really come to play here. And being able to understand that and how that works, you know, is crucial to your success. Absolutely. And I, I think the criticism that certifications get is some people have the feeling that if you have a certification, you're saying, okay, now I know everything I need to know about esports. And I don't support that in any way. Um, I can say, you know, I have a marketing degree from Sacramento State University, and I learned so much 
during my time at that university. However, when I got my first job, I still really didn't know anything as far as practical work experience, right? And that is also true if you have an esports certification as if you have any other type of certification. It doesn't mean you know everything. It just means you have a better starting point than you would if you did not have a very, you know, well-written and well-taught uh, certification. Now, that, that being said, not all certifications are equal. Um, I am very proud of what we did at SMU with the course that I wrote. Um, I, I tried to be very clear about providing real-world experience um, helping these students develop a, a partnership pitch for a real brand, things like that. Um, now, do they now know every single thing about business development and revenue strategies? Of course not. Do they more, know more and are they better set up than before they took the class that I had the opportunity to write and teach? Yes. And so I think that's the right approach is you know, certifications do have a benefit, but like everything in education it teaches you some of what you need to know, but there's no substitute for real world experience doing the job. And that's where you're really going to get the best education is in the real world. Absolutely. And I think it's one of these things where I'm learning something new every day. And I think that I'm you know pretty well versed in stuff. So I just think that, you know, as you mentioned, it gives you kind of this foundation to build from where you know the vernacular, you're familiar with certain things. Like you said, you may have put together a pitch deck. You know, that's something that I know I focus on. And it's one of these things, if you've never done it before and you're working in these talent-driven areas, all they do is talk about pitch decks, whether it's an event mm -hmm. pitch deck or a talent pitch deck or a team pitch deck or, you know, a pitch deck on another pitch deck. It's just like, this is the verbiage and the things that people are using to convey their, you know, their proposals and whatever they're trying to do. And you have to understand that and, if you've never put it together, have never even seen one, how are you going to put together one when it's your job? Exactly. Yeah. And I would say too, you know, this is a kind of a tip for uh, younger people in your audience is it, when you're first starting out and you're trying to figure out how to do stuff, observe what other people and other companies do. If you are starting out in partnerships and you receive a pitch deck from a brand, save that pitch deck, save all of the pitch decks that you get, save all the materials you get from other brands that are sent to you. Now, this does not mean you can plagiarize them, <laughs> of course. What you do though, is you use those as inspiration to understand how things are structured, understand how things are worded. Um, you know, if, if you get a pitch deck from a team and it's showing, you can, you can understand, okay, how are they talking about the audience? What is the order that they are conveying the information, uh, you know, to provide interest for a partnership. You know, what is what is some of that content? And you can replicate your version of that. And that's one of the best ways to get a, a head start when you're first starting out in this industry is just save everything that you get from other people, learn it, study it, and then put your own twist on it in a way that is original for your company. Awesome. So that kind of like leads into the next question of, you know, in addition to that advice, you know, what other advice do you have for anyone who's trying to really get started and working in the esports business? Yeah. You know, I have two pieces of, of advice. One is one that I've uh, shared a lot. And the other is one that I learned from a guest on my podcast just a couple weeks ago, Jay Hairston. So the first one is volunteer. Um, 
some people uh, don't like this advice because it means uh, going and you know donating your time for free, if you will. But I think if there is a live event near you, like I live in Dallas and the, the weekend of the recording of this episode, we have a big Call of Duty League event um, at Esports Stadium Arlington. Well, if I was a young college kid trying to get in the space, I would go to my the people at Envy. I would hit up up on LinkedIn. I would hit them up on Twitter and say, hey, is there anything I can help with for your event? I don't care if it's taking tickets at the door. I don't care if it's bringing water to the broadcasters between breaks or it's doing something more skilled than that. Uh, what happens when you volunteer, number one is you gain real world experience for which there is no substitute. You're going to get that experience actually doing the job. You're also going to probably have your eyes opened to other opportunities you didn't even know about. I always use the example of social media manager. If you're to tell young people who are 19, 20, hey, there's a job out there where you get to be on Twitter all day interacting with fans. Yeah, that is a job that every single esports org has. And, you know, maybe that's an every opportunity Every single company and every single influencer, like that's a job that's at every single entity now because social media is such a part of every business. You're exactly right. So, you know, the point here is you're going to have your eyes open to possibilities that maybe you didn't know before. And then the last thing about it, volunteering is you're going to start building relationships. I'll tell you this. Business is all about relationships. People hire their friends and a lot of business comes down to, are you cool to hang out with? You know, what is your temperament? Can we get along if we have a disagreement? Uh, If we go on a trip together, is that going to be enjoyable? Um, Are you going to show up to work on time? Uh, Do you work hard? Uh, You know, people who are enjoyable to be around at, at a certain level, everybody's talented. And so you get past talent to, are you a jerk (laughs) or are you a nice person who thinks of others above yourself? And so uh, building those relationships is just so, so incredibly important that when, when a team like Envy is going to be hiring, they're going to, you're going to come to mind because they've had a positive interaction with you. Now uh, the advice that Jay Hairston shared on my podcast the other day is if you're trying to get into the space Uh, go on LinkedIn, look up the people who are in jobs that you want to be in and look at their career path. Look at the other jobs that they had before they got to where they are today. Now, sometimes like (laughs) my career is a little all over the place, but if you looked at my path, you would say, oh, you were at an agency and then you went to GameStop. Maybe if I get an agency job, that'll give me experience with a lot of different brands, right? And you could look up agencies that support esports orgs or that support brands that are in the space. You get your foot in the door with the agency. Okay, then maybe you gain relationships with the team or a brand, and then that's your next step. Um, so it, it's that's a great nugget of knowledge. There is, uh, you know, look at other people's career paths and replicate how they got into the space. Definitely. I mean, I think that that's some amazing advice. And, you know, your first point, I think a lot of people, especially the generation that I've noticed, and you saw a lot of lawsuits against, you know, the Warners and the Sonys of the world on this kind of unpaid intern kind of problem is 
sometimes there is this, you know, unable to or maybe not understanding the value that you might bring by getting involved on that and kind of trying to balance the need to be compensated as well as the need to gain this invaluable experience. And, you know, I think it's always a hard situation, but, you know, as you mentioned, developing relationships with people that are in the industry or, you know, on the path that you want, that's usually the best way to get there. Absolutely. And also, I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, plug the Sports Trade Association once again. You know, our group is a great way to meet a ton of people in the space. Uh, It's it's a safe place to learn. You know, if you don't know everything about esports, you can come here and learn. Nobody's going to cancel you for accidentally capitalizing the S and having the lowercase e, but we will teach you not to do that. Um, But yeah, join the Esports Trade Association. Uh, That's a great first step in uh, getting into the space as well. Awesome. So what's your favorite part about working in esports and gaming? Oh man. Um, I think my favorite part is, well, it's gotta be the relationships that I've developed with people in this space. There there's, I've just met so many fantastic people who are just really wonderful people on a human level. And so, you know, a lot of my friends are the people who I work with. Um, I really enjoy that. The other part of it is, you know, beyond gaming, I'm a very competitive person. I love all sorts of competition. I have a pool table here at my house. I love to shoot pool. Um, I used to skateboard for a living. I've been sponsored since I was 14 and I've been in, you know, countless skateboard competitions. I I grew up playing traditional sports, uh, basketball, soccer, baseball, football. And so to be a part of a global competitive landscape that is in that growth phase where, you know, I absolutely believe esports is the future of entertainment, but there's still a lot that has to be figured out, you know, um, from a sustainability standpoint as we grow. Uh, I love just being part of this innovative business culture where you have to figure things out. Um, you know, you don't know what's coming next and it's something everybody's talking about. So uh, it's, it's an opportunity to add value to a lot of other people. I just, there's so many things I really, really love about the space. Um, from nerding out on business uh, to, you know, that we get to play games for a living sometimes. Um, but mostly I think it's just the tremendous relationships I've had the opportunity to build with uh, a lot of great people. Absolutely. I think that's definitely one of the things that people kind of echo. There's just a lot of great people involved and people that are doing it for the right reasons. And, yeah, you know, I think that makes it, you know, exciting. So to bring it all together, you know, what's the future for you in this space and what's the future for the esports trade association? Yeah. So uh future for me in the space is continue is I think two main things is really continuing to consult uh, brands, um, helping brands who want to get into the space, understand exactly how to add value to this community. Um, I really looking forward to doing that a lot more. Um, also with my podcast, you know, I, I started out with the podcast thinking, oh, I'll have this be kind of a, a side hustle, be like the content engine of my consulting business. And I've just fallen in love with podcasting, um, highlighting these tremendous guests, like I said. And we just announced uh, our first sponsor of the DLC Drop podcast, which is Ice Shaker. Um, Ice Shaker is basically, imagine a Yeti meets a protein shaker bottle. Um, it's a shark tank company invested in by Mark Cuban and owned by NFL players, former NFL player, Chris Gronkowski 
and current uh, NFL player Rob Gronkowski. Uh, they own this brand and they just did a deal with Oxygen Esports. So it's just such a super cool product that has a great brand story that, you know, every gamer, when we're sitting at our computers, our PCs, our consoles, you know, whether we're drinking G Fuel or we're drinking something else, you know, we needed something to keep those drinks hot or cold. And it's just an amazing product. So i um, super hyped to be collaborating with them and for them to, to support my podcast uh, really means a lot. As far as the Esports Trade Association, it's all down to growing our membership. Um, you know, we have a, a, our second in-person annual conference happening in Chicago, August 22nd through the 24th. So we had our first one last year. It went incredibly well. We're excited about building on that momentum. Uh, we're going to have great panels. Uh, subject matter experts from throughout the space to really teach you what you need to know, um, set you up for the trends for next year, and just build a fantastic community that can support each other and help us do more together than apart and, you know, continue to grow this space sustainably. Well, that all sounds amazing. So I'll definitely be on the lookout for that. And congrats on the, you know, the podcast sponsor. That's always a big move going forward. So, you know, thank you so much for joining us. Tell everybody where they can connect and find you. Absolutely. Thank you for that. So you can connect with me on Twitter. Um, it is at John Davidson, but it's zeros instead of O's. So J0HNDAVIDS0N. If you go on LinkedIn, um, just type in John Davidson Esports. You'll be able to find me there. Uh, the website for DLC is dlcyouth.com. Uh, you can find the DLC Drop podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts or on YouTube. And if you're looking to pick up an ice shaker, uh, we have DLC Drop branded ice shakers at icehaker.com forward slash DLC Drop. And you can actually save 20% on all Ice Shaker products with the promo code DLC Drop. So, yeah, hit me up, grab some Ice Shakers, um, let's connect, and um, I'm happy to help anybody in any way that I can. Well, thank you everybody for tuning in and, you know, John for being our guest. Make sure to check out the Esports Trade Association and some Ice Shakers and, Thanks again for tuning in and make sure to follow me on Twitter, Justin J-E-S-Q. Check Apple Podcasts for all our past episodes. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.